0: Welcome to the podcast that explores eudomania. Euda what? Eudomania is the pursuit of well-being based on our individual needs, which I love because we are all unique and therefore our pursuit of wellness should be unique too. I'm a big fan of individualized, personalized care. There's no one size fits all. I'm your host, Emily Geiser. I'm a nature-loving, spiritually curious health and life coach who rarely runs out of questions so I decided to host an interview-style podcast so that I can ask all the questions that I want. Each week, we'll dive into topics of personal development, nutrition, spirituality, mental health, and well-being with guests who generously share their tools and expertise. If you enjoy what you hear, please be sure to follow on Apple or subscribe on Spotify. It helps the podcast, and you'll be alerted each week when a new episode drops. Let's dive in. So today I'm here to talk with you by myself, a solo episode about the power of habits. Honing healthy habits is a really important pillar to my coaching programs. Habits are critical to creating the life we want to create. I feel like that's worth repeating. Habits are critical to creating the life we want to create. But many of us struggle to stick to our desired habits long enough to experience the cumulative benefits that we're looking for and for the habits to become automatic so we're not always having to think about them and force ourselves to do them. We rely on willpower instead of some other tools. So I really want to dive into this today and give you the skills you need to create habits and to stick with them. And in fact, Just this past week in my newsletter, if you follow it, you may have seen that I described the number one obstacle to better health. And I think the one thing that separates healthy people from unhealthy people is skill. For most of my clients, that's the skill of learning how to read your system's signals, the skill of building consistency with routines, the skill of understanding the control panel of your nervous system, and so many others. It's not lack of information that has us not being able to move forward with our health goals. It's lack of these skills. And habits are one really important component to building the kind of life you want to build. So let's dive into this concept today. I'm going to pull on my own experience of being somebody who really struggled to create any sort of consistency with habits for decades And now I actually have a lot of really consistent, healthy habits that fuel my health, my well-being, feel really good and are almost on autopilot. So, in fact, stress, travel, time change doesn't interrupt those things as it can so many times, right? Habits are so powerful. They help you become the type of person you want to be. But to change your life, you have to change your beliefs about who you are, and developing habits is a great approach for that. Your life today is essentially the sum of your habits. All behavior is driven by the desire to solve a problem, and sometimes that problem is that you notice something good and you want it, and sometimes the problem is that like you want to get rid of something that you do as well so The purpose of every habit is to solve the problems you face. Habits are the activities that we do repeatedly and often subconsciously. So these habits shape our daily routines and our long-term success. And if you despise goal setting, my guess is you could use some support with consistency around habits. Because once we identify a goal, once we identify uh, something that we want, a desire, the way we move towards that is by mapping out habits that will get us there, activities that will get us there. And it's really the consistency of habits that determines our success. Now, one of the myths I want to bust about consistency is that it's not about willpower it's not whether you have strong willpower or weak willpower it's not whether you're a lazy person or a disciplined person it's about your nervous system it's about the the system the setting the environment you've set up to be successful it's about managing your thoughts and let me just say these as i said this is a core pillar of my coaching this is the area that people find they need the most ongoing support with and it takes time to build habits. And today we'll talk about what is that exact time frame, right? Is it 21 days? Is it 45 days? Is it six weeks? We hear a lot of different things. Um, so we'll talk about that time. But but moreover, it's, it's the ability to show up over and over again for yourself. One of the books I want to lean on today is Atomic Habits by James Clear. He wrote that book. It was around 2018, I believe. Such a phenomenal book around habits. James Clear is a brilliant thinker. So I'll talk about how some of that plays into this today. Let's talk about habits, the four parts of habits. James Clear calls this the four laws, I believe, of habit forming. So there's, it's a, I think of this as habit loops. So there's a cue. Then there's a routine, which um, James Clear breaks into craving and response. And then there's a reward. That reward is often a dopamine hit, right? So we can actually work with this, like temptation bundling and make a lot of habits have a dopamine hit, which makes it likely you will do it over and over and over again. Having the support of a coach is so helpful with habit formation. So you can build the consistency over the period of time that is necessary to be consistent to turn this habit into something that is automatic, that's subconscious. You don't even have to think about it. It just happens. That's the gold. So when I work with my clients one-on-one, we can get really specific. And you'll hear why as we talk about nervous system regulation and such, that that specificity is really key. So habit formation is closely tied to our emotional and physiological states. And this is why behaviors can take such a varying amount of time to actually become habits, to be on autopilot. It's not about the amount of time you spend, but the amount of practice you're able to get in doing it, the consistency as you are building it. Different habits take different amounts of time to establish for different people and their differing emotional states and physiological states. When we experience stress, anxiety, or emotional upheaval, the sympathetic nervous system is often the dominant one. So this can lead to impulsive or emotional habits as a way to cope with that stress, right? The body is preparing to respond to a perceived danger. It really prioritizes immediate survival over over long-term planning and decision-making, which is appropriate. The problem is, is that we are often in that stress state, that sympathetic state, for so long. We spend so long in fight or flight that that can be a big reason why we struggle to make habits to make these to show up for our habits because we are in survival mode. Our body thinks we are in survival mode. So let me give you an example. Someone might develop a habit of stress eating when they're overwhelmed, right? Because the body's in a heightened state of arousal and the brain wants quick reward and comfort. But the parasympathetic nervous system, that's conducive to forming habits with more conscious intent. When we're relaxed and emotionally stable, We call this the rest and digest stage. We can make deliberate choices and establish habits that align with our long-term goals. So when you understand how to work with your nervous system, you can help so much with your habit change. Now, something that people get wrong with nervous system work is like, if, if you meditate, you know, you'll bring yourself into a parasympathetic state. That is not true for everybody. Same with breath work. Our nervous system control panels are really unique and individual to our own wiring, our own background, experience trauma, perceived trauma, perceived stress, perceived threats. That's what makes up our nervous system. And so it's really important to learn for yourself, what are the activities that I can do that help me actually shift out of sympathetic and into parasympathetic? that's often not a day at the spa. It's not a once and done something you can check off your list. I think this is where self-care gets so cheapened. In my mind, self-care is really what we're doing to keep ourselves in the best state possible. It has nothing to do with the color or length of your nails. It has nothing to do with your pore size. Your self-care has to do with managing your state I think often what we can get wrong when we're trying to start new habits and I feel like this is a timely discussion right now as we're approaching the holidays and you know in the new year everybody gets all into their new habits, new intentions. Some challenges that people experience when they're when they're creating habits is that they have a goal in mind and the habit that they set up is a big jump too hard. <laughs> You know, it's like there's too many obstacles in the way. It's not going to give you a dopamine hit. It's going to be a push. Your systems are not set up to support it. And and you just can't quite follow through. However, when you understand the concepts of the habit loop, it's much easier to form habits and to be consistent with habits. I think one of the best things that we can do is, if there's a new habit that you want to implement, make it a two-minute habit, right? If you want to run three miles, go run for two minutes. If you want to read a chapter every night, just read a page. Chunking down these steps into bite-sized pieces is a winning formula. This is how we stack our habits and find success and sustainability with them. That is key. And then, of course, the other challenge with building habits is recovering quickly when our habits break down, right? So let's say there's a lot of stress in the world or let's say you've been traveling and things things got shook up for a moment. It's, it's important to be able to pivot and look back to the habit. Remember why it's important to you and what is the goal it's getting you towards. Reconnect with what that reward is that is really important and then adjust like Before the time change, maybe you had an early morning workout and now with the time change, you need to shift that. Maybe before it was an outdoor workout at 5 a.m. And now at 5 a.m. it's pitch black. And so you need to shift what that is. In the past for me personally, when that would happen, it could throw me off for months. But really, that's something that one, you can predict happening. And two, you can quickly just shift it when you look at the entire system. And if that feels hard for you, Having a coach help you with this is a really great idea so you don't lose too much time there. And obviously, by cultivating a calmer, more balanced nervous system, everybody can make habit change more manageable and sustainable. You can create habits that are aligned with your values and goals and long-term well-being, which is really important. So let's talk about habit formation and how to do it. This is obviously going to be high-level. When I work with individual clients around habit formation, the steps we take and the care that we give to their nervous system to make these habits automatic is unique. It's personalized. It's customized because we're all so different and we are coming to our habits. We're coming to life and showing up as the person we believe ourselves to be, right? And often our sense, our belief in ourselves is what can get in the way or can propel. Our habits from really rooting in. So, so, you know, as I said, our habit formation is really closely tied to our emotional and physiological states, right? So having that really dialed in is going to be key to forming habits that are in alignment with what we want and without having to really muscle it or use a tremendous amount of willpower when our goals are aligned and our nervous system is responsive, appropriately responsive to what's going on around us, making habits, developing habits is much easier. I think that the, the key principles, those four laws of behavior change that James Clear highlights in Atomic Habits is huge. So let's go through those first. The first law is the cue and this is the trigger That initiates a habit. It's the signal that prompts you to start a specific behavior. Like your phone's buzzing, so you're gonna check it for messages, right? The second law is your craving. So after that cue, there's a desire or a craving associated with the habit. This is the motivation or anticipation that drives you to act. So, like using the phone example, the craving could be the need to see who messaged you, what do they need? Is it urgent? The third law is the response, and this is the actual behavior or action that you take in response to the cue and craving. It's the habit itself, which in this example is like picking up the phone and checking your messages. And then the reward, that fourth law, is what you get from completing the habit. It's the positive outcome or the satisfaction you experience. So in that phone scenario, the reward might be, The feeling of connection or the feeling of relief or whatever it is that the message is giving you. When we optimize these four elements, you can make it easier to build and maintain positive habits and break the negative ones. Let's break those laws down into like creating a good habit and then breaking a quote unquote bad habit. Okay, so that first law, the cue, you're going to make it really obvious. The craving, you want to make it attractive. That response, the third law, make it easy. And the reward, the fourth, is to make it satisfying. That's how you create a good habit. And then we can invert these to break a habit. So that cue, you could make it invisible. The craving, you can make it unattractive. The response is you make it difficult. And then that fourth, the reward, make it unsatisfying. So let's think about how this has shown up for me. I spent decades comfort eating, stress eating as an only child of a single parent. I was a latchkey kid. I, I came home and, you know, there was nobody there. And the rule was for me that I had to stay home. I wasn't really allowed to go out. So that was a time for me. I had few tools to unwind from a stressful day, whether it was middle school or high school you know, you come home with a lot of stuff and it was an empty house. What there was was food and a TV. So comfort eating became a real normal thing for me. And so let's just talk about like changing the habits of that stress eating. One, you could look at the cue. Identify the cues that trigger that stress eating. So for me, it was a specific time of day. And by, of course, this isn't what I worked on when I was in middle school or high school. I ate my way through it. You know, I'm just learning these tools as an adult, but just reflecting back on that behavior, right? By recognizing that time of day, I could change that cue. The craving would be to find healthier ways to satisfy the craving for that comfort. So for me, that could have involved Getting involved in a hobby. Like, I didn't want to dive into my schoolwork. I'd been in school all day. So doing something physical, getting involved in a in a hobby, getting involved in an after-school activity would have been really helpful for me. The response. So replacing that act of eating with a different, healthier response, which would have been actually going for the walk, talking to a friend, connecting, and being involved. The reward is that over time I would discover that that new response just provides its own rewards. I would have reduced stress. I would feel better. I might have been more engaged, more connected. Let's look at similar things for, let's say, exercise. And again, this is very high level when I work with clients. It would be much more specific. But just to give you a sense to like start working with it, I think we tend to really beat ourselves up that, God, I know what I'm supposed to do, but I just never do it. I'm I'm so lazy. We say such terrible things about ourselves, right? And that's not at all what's happening there. So it's really important that we flip the script, also look at the behavior and flip that behavior as well. So let's say you want to start an exercise routine. So with the cue, that first law, the cue, you're going to put your clothes out. Like if you want to exercise first thing in the morning, what do you do at night? You put your exercise clothes out. The craving is your desire for whatever's prompting you to exercise. Maybe you want more energy. Maybe you want more physical fitness. So that's the craving. The response, start small and make it enjoyable. Remember when I said start small, I mean literally very small. If you can feel successful each day you do it, you are building a strong habit. So if you're Goal is to exercise. You don't have to start with a 30 minute workout early in the morning when you haven't done that in the past. What if you started with a five minute, right? And then the reward is how great you feel after you do this. It is built in. I hope this inspires you to lean into a new healthy habit. I'm going to close here by reviewing the key steps, including my morning routine. But first, I want to share some important resources. If you aren't sure which habit is going to get you a high return on your investment, I have a free guide of powerful habits you can adopt in just five minutes a day um, because I know you're busy. So you can download that from my website, emilygeyser.com. Now, health is not just how we eat and how often we exercise, right? We can expand these healthy habits beyond that narrow view. I personally cover up to 12 areas that I believe encompass being fully well in my programs. Things like social life and creativity and spirituality. My individualized approach takes into consideration your emotions, your hormones, your stamina, the demands of your relationships, your work stressors, and all of those balls you juggle. So if you want a little bit of support, let me just tell you really quickly that you can develop ease and traction with nutrition and lifestyle upgrades, these habits. Working with a coach is a great way to do it. My Voxer coaching program is awesome if you know your next steps, but you just aren't taking them. I recommend private coaching, one-on-one private coaching, if you'd like to be guided through my pillars on your next steps for optimal well-being. You can find both those options on my website. And then I have a new program, well Elevate. just if you want to dip your toe in. In well Elevate, you'll get a weekly message with targeted bite-sized information and action steps to elevate your well-being. Each week, we'll focus on holistic building blocks of health, like upgrading your nutrition, regulating your nervous system, detoxing from modern living, honing those healthy habits, and addressing your mindset. So you can learn about all of this on my website. I just want to put this here. Habits change your life. So figure out what it is that you can start moving forward. I used to be someone who struggled to do anything two days in a row, aside from washing my face and brushing my teeth. I've always been consistent with those. But I wasn't consistent with my vitamins or my exercise, certainly, or even my water intake. So I knew what I should be doing, but I had trouble in the busyness and the stress of life remembering or prioritizing it each day. Like I used to let work or feeling really busy always claim my exercise time. This was routine. Like more times than not, that's what happened. And today, I move my body every single day. If there's something you'd like to be more consistent with, I know you can do it. Trust me, if I can, you can. So my suggestions for getting started are, one, identify your high return on investment habits. Two, bring your nervous system back to the parasympathetic state more often. Three, ask yourself, how can I make this obvious? How can I make it attractive? How can I make it easy and how can I make it satisfying? And you're going to be much more likely to be consistent with your habits. The things I'm most consistent with are a part of my morning routine. And I really love and value this part of my day. First thing when I wake up, I start my day the Ayurvedic way. That's a cold splash of water. I, I really splash my face a lot with cold water and I scrape my tongue. Then it's hydration time, and then next I roll out my mat and I gently wake up and stretch my body. This is important for me to get my energy flowing, get my limp flowing, check in with my body, get my digestion flowing, tend to some soreness or figure out where I might need to focus for the day, relieve tension. Then I roll my mat back up. I journal, just two pages, and I do my more vigorous movement. So that's a pretty solid routine for me at this point. But, you know, once upon a time when I was first starting it, I just started with one or two things and then I slowly developed it out over years. So if you'd like to start a morning routine, start small. I often help my clients with something that will serve them well and just take a minute or two. Health needs to be simple enough that you can stick to the routines every single day because consistency gets really huge results. If you enjoyed this episode, please let me know. I'd be so curious to hear what your healthy habit is that you might be adding to your routine. And of course, if you want to know about my coaching programs, you know where to find those on my website or in the show notes. Have a great day. Talk to you next week. I'm glad you stuck around for the end of another episode Please share it with a friend and follow and review if you want to hear more conversations like this. If you'd like to bridge the gap between knowing and doing, I have a free download at my website for making healthy habits in just five minutes a day. While you're there, check out my group and private coaching options. Boxer Coaching is a great way for busy people to make getting healthy easier. Learn more about my coaching options and check out my wellness shop at my website, emilygeiser.com. You can connect with me directly on Instagram at Emily Geiser. Links from the show notes, I'll be back next week and hope you will be too. Until then, think good thoughts and go for them.